Hi guys, it's Rosie. I just wanted to uh, talk to you for a moment before we start this episode. So uh, for one thing, we want to let you know that we had a few issues uh, starting this podcast. Uh, There was a power outage where Hope lives and we had some other issues come up. So this is coming out a few days later. Also, we do take a little bit longer to get into it uh, in this episode than we would normally do. And uh, that's just primarily because of being thrown off, but also because we're talking about animals in this episode. And we both love our animals. And so we had to give them a little love and talk about them. Uh, But if you're just going straight for the hard facts and statistics, uh, all that's going to start about uh, a third of the way in. So anyway, we hope you enjoy this. We hope you like our little stories about our cats and have a nice day. Welcome to A Big Knowledge of Everything. Uh, we are at episode 10 now, which is super exciting. Ooh, double digits. Uh, just it's a round number, yeah. Or, well, yeah, double digits, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, double digits! I, we, we've had a little bit of a technical issue today, so this is the second time we're starting the episode. Uh, but we're, we're all here now, everything's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, So but we did this part before and so it was kind of uh Virgo weird to do it again. Virgo is unhappy, but I'll get over it. <laughs> the most I'm unhappy with myself. It's not anything anyone else it's just me. <laughs> but well recent recently I've been really like obsessed with uh how to cook that. Um this woman Anne Reardon does all of these cool videos and it's not just instructional it's debunking a lot of other instructional videos and basically proving ones that are fake. Uh, which are a lot of them. Five minute hack shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. not real. It's great. So I was just sitting there watching that because it's been my new like obsession and stuff. And so we had to have a little chat about how hope would beat yourself up. <laughs> if you look up Brad Mondo on YouTube, he talks about hair hacks, and he talks about he's like, she just went and put a wig on. That's not her hair. She didn't do that. And it makes me feel better watching that because I'm like, oh, my hair doesn't do that. Yeah, because it's not her hair. That's why. With the cooking thing, and, and well, this is a major digression before we even got to the subject, but yeah, the, the cooking thing, we should definitely do an episode on, because I remember seeing one and thinking, there is no way that's real, and then I kind of didn't think about it for a couple of years, and then saw these <laughs> videos about the hacks being wrong, so yeah. anyway, but we'll get to that later. Anyway, today we're going to talk about dogs uh, and cats, Bitches. more about dogs than cats, because just it seems like there's just more information about dogs because everybody's in love with dogs. There's um, a lot more about dogs than cats, and it, we and most it of our friends bullshit. are both, so we love both dogs and cats. But like when Griffin and I go to a local pet store around here, there's like a corner of cat stuff, and the rest of it is for dogs. Yeah. Maybe it's because they're bigger and they require more things, and like cats are pretty chill. But like I feel like cats are underrepresented and glossed over. I, I, I think honestly, I think the the disparity is probably mostly because of these these weird like the human traits we try to give animals, you know? So like so people think, oh cats are standoffish and whatever and they don't really care. And so all of their toys are like small things. Yeah. Um, like because, you know, who would invest in that? And then like the toys for dogs tend to be like the bigger, more expensive stuff. 
And I mean, like, yes, there's cat towers and stuff like that, but like in general, getting a cat is cheaper, but it's also cheaper because there's, yeah, there's fewer options because there's just less in a pet store for, for cats. The dogs do tend to be the king of the castle there, what? but, uh, but I love dogs too. What I've discovered so. in owning now multiple cats, just two. Um, but Yes. Yeah. Cards on the table. We both have two cats. Um, neither of us owns a dog at this point, right. although we'd both love to someday when our living situations allow it. So both of your cats, you got as kittens and mm-hmm. I got, we got Toffee at the beginning of quarantine and she had, we picked her out on her third birthday and we didn't know it. So March 13th. Oh. Yeah. It was Friday the 13th and we picked her out and we didn't get her till the 17th was her St. Patrick's day, but we actually met her on her birthday. And then Aww. Luna was four months old when we got her last month. So she's about five months old now. And we're just discovering that cats have just as much personality as people do. Where yes. we've discovered that Toph gets hangry. Because her and Luna are starting to finally like get along and like tolerate each other more. Mm-hmm. Where we can like leave the house. We don't have to put Luna away, which is really nice. But the only time she really like hisses and bats at Luna now is when it's close to food time. And we're like, oh, you get hangry. Huh. <laughs> like people do. <laughs> and what's weird, that's interesting. What's weird is I picked out Toph. She was supposed to be my cat. And then Griffin's cat is supposed to be Luna. But Toph acts a lot more like Griffin and Luna acts a lot more like me now. <laughs> but like cats have personalities. And a conversation we've had, had a few times is that cats also have consent because whenever griffin will like hold on to the cats until they're meowing and i'm Mm -hmm. like she's saying no it's time to put her down like you can't she's not a toy like we have to respect when they say no and they're done except for stuff like we're giving them a bath or like we're getting the fleas off of them and that kind of stuff like stuff that's good yeah or if you have to give them a pill like sorry (laughs) i can't explain that that this is good for you (laughs) and there was no way for us to explain that like we yeah. got Luna so that Toffee wouldn't be lonely because she was mad at us that we brought another cat into the house. And we're like, this is for you. And it's sorry. <laughs> You'll like it. It's finally starting to work out because we always knew we wanted more than one cat, at least two, just two for right now, because there's only two of us. Um, but you don't want the cats to outnumber you. Right. And we started feeling like we weren't playing with Toffee enough. We weren't giving her enough attention. We were like, oh, we should get her a buddy. And it's taken this whole month and then some for them to start getting along <laughs> and they're not waking me up super early. Cause Toph started waking me up at like four or five in the morning for breakfast. And she was just like persistent and wouldn't leave me alone. And I think now that they have each other, they like will play with each other instead of coming to wake me up. Yeah. Which is the whole point, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that we found. We were actually talking the other day about, so we have the two cats, Admiral and Selkie, um, because nautical, um, (laughs) and Admiral, (laughs) uh, Admiral is the first cat, uh, and she's, they're, they're not as far apart in age because Admiral's about two and Selkie's about eight months now, Mm -hmm. but they, um, but it's sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, but yeah, so they're a little more kittenish, each of them, and they didn't take super long time to warm up to each other. But I specifically got a cat that was like going to be really friendly to other ones. Yeah. So and Admiral's always been so it didn't take them that long. But I do think that Admiral's a lot more happy, uh, or a lot happier because she has another cat to play with instead of having just humans who she has to convince to play with right. her. 
Uh, one thing I thought was really funny though is that so like pretty early on she was trying to play with Selkie and Selkie was still a little like you know freaked out because she was tiny uh, and Admiral would just run at her. Yeah, that's she what Toph is doing. Run. And it's like it's funny, and, and I think the reason it is though is because. Like if you have a cat that's its only cat for a while, it doesn't really know how to play with other cats that much. And so it's trying to figure it out. And there, I think there are indicators of I'm playing that they don't necessarily communicate right. because they don't realize why oh, I have to do that. So we got, did you get Admiral from the Anna shelter? Yeah. yeah. So Erie has the Anna shelter, which is a rescue in uh, town. And that's where we picked Toph up from. And she apparently had only been in there for a few days and we weren't paying attention where they told us where she came from. But I think what happened was she was with an older couple that couldn't take care of her anymore. And the way that she acted when she went to stay at your house over the summer, that one time, and how <laughs> she's been acting, having Luna, we think she's been like cared for since she was a kitten and only ever been around humans. Cause she's so friendly with people. She's no problem. Yeah, she's really people. friendly with people. She's not skittish. She's not scared. But with Luna, she was on the streets and then she was in the shelter here in North Carolina. And I think she had been in there for a while, like three months or something. So she had been in there since she was two, like one month old. She was like real baby. And she's real skittish around people, but she immediately wanted to be friends with Toph. So we had a cat who didn't know how to be friends with cats and one who desperately <laughs> wanted to be friends with cats but wasn't okay with people yet. So it's been a really weird journey watching the two of them like slowly come together. Because Toph will play with her, but she plays with her by attacking her because she doesn't know how to play yeah. with other cats. And well, and she probably doesn't realize it's threatening either. Yeah, and Luna now that she's like she now that she's like starting to be friendly, like Toph will randomly go over and start like licking her and like grooming her and stuff, which makes me want to die because it's so cute and like very happy for me. But Luna is so scared of her still because she's only ever attacked her. <laughs> like the other oh, so oh, yesterday, oh, this is good. This is good information to have. So yesterday we went to put flea treatment on Luna. And whenever you put it on, we'll speak of the devil. Hello. Whenever you put it on big cats, it says to put it between their shoulder blades because they can't lick there. And for the kitten mm -hmm. one, it says to put it on the base of their skull. And Griffin was like, why is it different? That doesn't make sense. And he put it between her shoulder blades. Little kittens are a lot more flexible. So she was able to get yeah. off. And then she was salivating. We were supposed to go on this hike yesterday. That's why we went today. So she was salivating. And we were like, oh, my God, are we going to kill the cat? <laughs> Did we just ruin the cat? And it was fine. We had to like, well, we had to like give her tuna and like make sure she had a lot of water. And I tried to get as much of it off, but she was still licking it. So we were like, we have to give her a bath. So oh, no. she had to get in the, it was really quick. At least she's tiny. She's tiny, but her claws are oh, really, slippery, are really, yeah. Yeah. So she had to get a bath yesterday. Which is really bad whenever it's happening, but she looks so funny when she's all wet because she's got big ears. <laughs> but I don't remember why I told that story. But, but afterwards, so she was upset and she was just like, you know, like, well, I can't believe you guys did that to me. But we came out and Toffee immediately was like right next to her and sniffing her and I think trying to be like, you're okay. Like, it's fine. So that was really nice. Yeah. It's like, what have you done to my sister? Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about dogs, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, okay, so so the idea was, 
was basically like that people will get puppies for Christmas and then they'll get returned. And that was kind of like a thing I thought, okay, that would be a good thing to talk about, especially leading up to Christmas. Yeah. Um, of course, it's not just puppies, it's also kittens, it's also dogs and cats and, and stuff like that. Animals that you um, have to maintenance and the, take care of. Yeah. And and like the the puppy is like the thing you kind of think of. And I think that tends to be sort of uh, the stereotype. So I suppose it's primarily about dogs, but you can extrapolate some parts of it to other pets. Um, but but this one, as I as I was saying earlier before we had our like failed attempt at starting the podcast, um, as I was saying earlier, the uh, the cool thing about this subject is that I actually I had a, a thing that I thought I knew coming into it, um, which was a negative fact, which turned out to actually not be true. Uh, so that's kind of nice. Uh, what that was was. Uh, that assumption <laughs> and the thing that people tell us all the time about that, like, oh, like you shouldn't give uh, pets as Christmas presents because then a lot of them get brought back to shelters and then it causes, it causes, and I think a lot of shelters call it a dump-a-thon or something like that. Um, and that's the after Christmas when pets come back. Uh, it turns out that there's actually no evidence to support the giving an animal as a gift makes that animal more likely to be relinquished. Uh, and actually when they, so this study that I looked up and we'll talk about the numbers on it later, but the study that I looked up found that, actually let's do numbers now, might as well, right in front of me. Uh, so I looked up this study that is, Okay, so it, it was published on www.mdpi.com, uh, which is a company that publishes scientific papers uh, in order to have open access. And so basically what they're trying to do is expand access to scientific papers so that people like me who don't have, you know, any kind of membership to a news journal or something or a scientific journal can read it. Um, what they, so they have a paper in there that talks about a study that included approximately 2,600 dogs and 2,300 cats uh, relinquished to 12 different shelters in four regions in the US. Uh, the reason I'm bringing that up is because that is an example of good science. Um, it's a large, uh, a large number of subjects here um, over the whole country in different areas. Um, so basically what they're going to get there because they have so many dogs and cats that they're, they're studying and all of that is there isn't going to be an anomaly in one place that causes completely skewed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Skewed results. It's, it's mitigated. Uh, so, yeah. so whatever you see, uh, yeah, just to, to any of our listeners out there who aren't as familiar with how studies are done, um, it, it is possible to get any answer you want <laughs> when you use this. Well, almost any answer you want when you uh, are interpreting the results of a study. So make sure that you look at, how many subjects were in the study? Like, is it a large number or was it like, you know, nine, something like that? Like I actually did see a study, um, which is about something about women's reproductive health where there was only nine <laughs> participants, which is not enough, exactly. It's not enough. Um, and also it wasn't like, there's one from each of nine different portions of this, the area. Like it's not enough people, it's not enough representation. So basically looking at this, it's, it's widespread and it's, um, and it's a large number and it, it is, it does actually seem like this study has come up with results that we can rely on. And there are other studies that have replicated um, similar evidence. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what they found um, was that the, the listed cause for returning of 
uh, dogs and cats, um, only 0.3% of dogs were returned because they were an unwanted gift. So effectively what that means is um, I did the math and it's, it's fewer than 80 out of the 2,600. Um, so yes, definitely there are some, but it's not the huge amount that people are led to believe. Um, it's definitely not the majority. My um, and then my liberal ass is like eighty is too many. That's too many dogs. Eighty is too many. Eighty is too many. And I, I definitely want to qualify the things I'm saying and not say, oh, it's just not an issue. Like, like it is an issue, and we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> because it's it is still an issue, and I still want to discourage people from like surprising people with pets right. unless it's their kids but we can talk more about that later but the, yeah so so this study found that yeah 0.3 percent which is like tiny tiny proportion and this is of the dogs that were relinquished anyway it's not just like these are the dogs and this number came back it's of the number that came back on all of these shelters um although the fact is 2600 dog and dogs and 12 sh different shelters i mean that's a lot of dogs for shelter that's really sad um but <laughs> of these dogs that came back all like all 2600 came back for some reason and only i think 78 of them uh was because they were an unwanted gift uh so that's it's not a high instance um, and it's it's like the the highest instance that they they noted uh, was that people didn't have time for the pet. Yeah, uh, that was ten percent of the dogs that came back. So that's quite a bit more. And then, um, so yeah, so actually, the study found that both cats and dogs were at lower risk of being relinquished when they were given as gifts. Um, the more common things that people tended to say were like, we're moving or someone has allergies and we didn't know about it, like that kind of stuff. So it, they tend to be things that people didn't foresee, didn't think about, um, could be a cost issue, yeah. uh, but it tends to be something like an issue the owner has not with getting the dog, but with caring for the dog. Right. Um, and the reason I say dogs in general is because it tends to be dogs more than cats. With cats, the huge issue tends to be uh, that someone was allergic and they didn't know it. We um, got our cat. Or that's the stated reason, which might not necessarily be true, but we have to take them at their word on it. We Sorry, go on. I meant to do a real quick tangent about our shitty cat yeah. that we had for a long time. So <laughs> we had our childhood dog, Wally, for a really long time. He We got him when he was like five months old and he lived to be 13. So I guess we'd had him for about two or three years and we started asking for a cat and we had had a really great cat when we were like real little he only had three legs and he like killed a bunch of stuff with three legs he was the best cat so now we're like I, again, every three-legged cat i've had has been exceptional sorry god <laughs> everybody loves a three-legged cat so we my mom my dad was like you can get it if you can find a fixed cat for free and she did <laughs> So wow. she found this lady who had two cats and she was moving to Texas. She was like, I can't bring both of them with me. So I have to get rid of this one. And he ended up being really mean. And we found out that he was one of those like big furball. Great yeah. He looks like Commodore. That's what he looked like. That's the kind of cat he looked like. Our friend Billy had a big fluffy gray cat named Commodore, never, which is why. My cat is named Admiral because my cat has to outrank his cat because he and my husband work together. So <laughs> sorry, go on. But whenever I met Kami, I was like, oh my God. Rocky was this cat's <laughs> evil twin. 
because he was so mean. And but we found out that the owner would give him baths, like actual like water baths every week. And we were like, oh, that's what kind of cat was he? <laughs> what? Oh, if you have super long hair, I mean, there's some cats you kind of have to do that or you have to shave them. I mean, I don't know. It's just a matter of brushing them yeah. regularly. But most cats don't like it's true. brush. But he just ended up being like a really mean cat. There's a really great, oh, maybe I'll link it um, on the website, but there's a really great uh, series about cat shows on Netflix. Um, and it's like, there's there's a woman who has, um, who has, I can't remember the breed, but it was a super long haired cat. And she's like, yeah, I bathe her every week. And she doesn't, like, she doesn't care. Like, she thinks it's fine because it's been happening since she was a kitten. But I mean, that's a cat that's being shown at a show and i don't really know much about that kind of stuff so uh, but yeah. in conclusion people <laughs> might give cats back because they're assholes <laughs> well, give cats bad Fair. Thing, but sometimes cats are actually assholes that's true um and yeah so so yeah yeah uh cats cats yeah they're not always assholes but sometimes they are Did you know uh same can of dogs actually and this is okay this is something and this podcast is getting into a lot of tangent territory but that's fine because we talk about a lot of serious stuff <laughs> um but just to go on that tangent so i i worked for a short time at a doggy daycare um i didn't quit because of the dogs uh i'll just leave it at that um the dogs were very well cared for um everyone there cared for them a lot and uh including me uh they're but they're definitely like <laughs> Just the way that there are some cats who are jerks for whatever reason, there's some dogs who are jerks for whatever reason. Um, and this is a thing that I am quite sure of because I've seen a lot of dogs now uh, in my time and experienced a lot of different temperaments. And dogs have different personalities, just and so do cats. And as a person who primarily had had cats before, it always bugged me when people would talk about like, oh, cats are just assholes and dogs always love you. And I'm like, no, neither of those things is true. Yeah. You can have so. a standoffish dog. Toph is super friendly. She's the opposite of an asshole cat. She's only an asshole because she doesn't know how to deal with kittens. Like, yeah. she, she even fetches. She plays, she plays fetch. She's very, yeah. very cuddly, very outgoing. We'll tell you what's going yeah, on. I mean, I've met dogs that were way less loving and outgoing than, like, either Toph or, like, my cats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just... Honestly, it's just me saying to all the dog people out there, give cats a chance, okay? Yeah. Like they're 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 self-cleaning um just little fur balls who I mean, hey, maybe they'll love you and snuggle with you, or maybe they'll just be aloof. And honestly, that's fine. I literally <laughs> so. wake up every morning now with a little lump next to me. And it's one of the two of them. Oh. I never know which one because they both become like ten pounds heavier whenever they're sleeping. Did you know we have more facts to read? I we do have some more facts to go. Through. All right, let's go through. Do you want to, and then we can do the okay. opinion section at the end. Do opinion section, yeah, uh, yeah. Allegedly, when we were starting this, we were just going to do the opinion section at the end, but turns out it doesn't really work that way when you're talking about things because thoughts come up, and that's fine. And ADHD, <laughs> I need to say it or else it's gone. <laughs> yeah, well, and and also like your plans for what your podcast is going to be is not 
probably reflective of how most podcasts turn out. Yeah, mostly we just but have that's just my opinion. and that's it <laughs> in Rosie's research. And maybe we get to all of it, but <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> all right. So, okay. So, yeah. So back, back to the facts, because I do want to have some stuff in here um, about um, some statistics and things like that. But, okay. So, so just to sort of debrief um, in case anyone jumped ahead to try to get to the section where I was talking about more statistics and what to consider when adopting. Um, congratulations. You're here. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So basically what, a, what, so what the research shows, what the studies that have been done over, you know, a, a wide area with a lot of different subjects uh, involved, what those studies tend to show is that actually giving animals as gifts isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, and they can actually heighten the emotional investment that the person feels with the pet. But <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean that you don't need to think about whether or not it's a good idea. Um, and it really doesn't mean that you should just show up with an animal. Um, and if you're doing that, there's probably something that you were doing that's wrong because mo a lot of dog adoptions require home visits and stuff like that. So don't go around and like hoodwink an adoption agency because you want to like surprise bring a dog over for your like niece or something. Okay. So like make sure you <laughs> make sure you go through it in, in a reasonable way. And and just and and I'll talk about what that was but before I I get into that I do want to say um that uh I am not saying that shelters don't get a lot of animals back after Christmas. Um that that is something that is true it is something that that is provable that is something that shelter workers uh, have definitely seen and I don't want anyone to write and say that I was contradicting that. I'm not. What I'm saying is I think that uh, people tend to believe that animals given as gifts are more likely to come back because they see a higher number coming back after Christmas, but it's also because a higher number of animals get adopted right. um, or purchased from breeders and that kind of stuff. And it might be that the shelters are seeing animals come in that were gotten from breeders or pet shops and things like that as well. So they might see more animals coming in, but it doesn't mean that the animals getting uh, being given as gifts are coming back more often. Um, so basically it's like, it, it's like a little bit of one, a little bit of the other, like, like, okay, this isn't exactly true, right. but it doesn't mean that we can just completely dismiss it out of hand. Well, that's, that's part of, Sorry. <laughs> that's part of the, the methods and functionality of statistics too, because hmm. more pets are returned because more pets are being bought. Like, it's not like yes. the, the latter number is, an anomaly they're being returned because yeah. they're being bought during the gift giving season like if we yeah, rounded and, up and, and everybody's birthdays and like saw how many animals were returned around people's birthdays it would probably be around the same number so yeah if people all had their birthdays at the same time yeah like that kind of thing so yeah yeah so so what i'm saying is like i, I really don't want anyone at a shelter to think that i'm saying their experience is not true um, but the reasons that have been collected statistically don't actually suggest that giving gifts, uh, giving um, pets as gifts is necessarily damaging right. um, to the life of the animal. But, but uh, we should talk about how to give um, the gift of a pet responsibly and what things you need to consider before getting a pet for yourself or for someone else who 
wants and is expecting that pet. This is um, uh, so this is very important information for me to know, and I'm probably gonna make Griffin listen to this too because we've talked about whenever we get a dog, he's gonna have to pick it out and bring it home because I'm gonna be too distraught trying to pick out just one. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to handle it very well. So I was like, you pick it out and just bring it home. Well, towards the end, we can talk about some, how to find the breed of dog for you. And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, but, but we'll get to that. Um, So, so anyway, to, to our listeners, if, if you are interested in getting a dog for someone as a Christmas gift, I would recommend that you go about it in the same way that my husband got me a kitten for my birthday. Uh, because he did exactly the right course of action. I'm not just saying that because he might be upstairs and might hear me, uh, <laughs> but shout out because it was the right way to go about it. So so what, what you can do is instead, like I know it's a really nice thing to have like a puppy for someone to play with on Christmas morning, uh, but that might not be the best thing to do for the puppy because you want to make sure that this animal is being introduced in the best way possible, which the craziness of Christmas is probably not the best way possible. Um, you probably want to introduce the puppy to a different place um, in a different way, um, you know, more slowly. So I, I think the most appropriate way to do it um, is like, for example, um, Chris gave me a card for my birthday. It was actually a little bit of an early birthday present, but he was like, you'll understand why I just I, like, I, I want to give this to you. And so I opened it up and it was, um, it, it was like the addition of another pet on our lease. And it was like the proof that our landlord was allowing us to have another kitten. And he was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a kitten for your birthday. So Admiral could have a companion, we could have another cat. Um, it was, it was really sweet. And also what was really great about it is like, if you do it that way to someone, then the person then is going to be able to be a part of the adoption process, which is really good. Because like, like, obviously, my husband and I live together. So like, we're getting the cat as a couple. But if you were getting it for someone else, like, say, like, you have a sibling or something who's really lonely, and you want to give them a companion, that way, like, that per- the recipient is part of the process. They're part of the, the choosing, which is really good because sometimes people choose different animals for different reasons. An animal kind of, you know, like just <laughs> speaks to them in some way, you know, and like they think, oh, I, I want that one for whatever reason it is. Um, like like the first kitten we got, she she kept like grabbing onto our fingers through the cage with her little paw. And that was just what got us. We're like, all right, she clearly wants us. We're taking her home. So like those sweet moments and stuff. Yeah, it's too much for Hope. She's going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about uh, how you and I both went looking for black cats and neither of us have black cats now. <laughs> I mean, Luna and, and, and is a Texan. Both times I went looking for a long-haired cat and I have two short-haired tabbies. So. Well, I had never, ever had any feelings about calico cats and I have a short-haired calico and I'm just like, you are so beautiful. I love you so much. You're the prettiest yeah. cat in the whole world. And then we got Luna. And she's not, she's a tuxedo cat. So she's like black on top and has a white bottom. And I'm like, you're wearing little mittens and you got little boots on. And this is too much for me to handle. Too much. I love this. Yeah. So, so it can be really special when you're, you know, when you go to look for an animal to adopt, it can be really special to do that. And you're really like, you're giving them a whole other part of the experience if you let them be a part of that as well. Yeah. Um, so if you want to give, give an animal to someone as a gift, I would say like definitely do that so they can be a part of picking the animal. They can be a part of like every step of the way and they should be. 
Um, particularly with, with certain animals, a little bit more with dogs than with cats. Cats can be a little more easily adaptable because um, they tend to hide until they're comfortable with stuff. Dogs have a little bit of a harder time. Uh, it tends to seem and they, like a lot of shelters, do like to do home visits and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so e even if you're not adapting from a place that like requires that kind of stuff, I would still say, please give the person the option to politely decline if they yeah. want to because not everyone wants a pet, even if you think it would be the best thing for them. And that that is a thing that each person has a right to. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have a right to say no. Um, and, and also they have a right to choose a different type of animal. Maybe you're like, oh, I think that you just love having a puppy. And they're like, I want a cat. You or know? I want Something like that. a snake or a bird. Yeah. Or, or a snake or a rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there's all kinds of different animals out there. So... Yeah, so just make sure if you are giving a gift that you're you're doing it in the best way possible for both the animal and the person. Yeah. Uh, and really what's involved in that is making sure that they have a lot of choice and that they can, you know, sort of go in and physically interact with the animal so that, like, the animal and the person can get that experience. Um, yeah. Because that, that can be very important, especially for people who are then going to be taking care of the animal particularly if it's someone alone, you want to make sure they have a really good um, rapport. So anyway, so that, that, that's the, the, how, that, that's how I would uh, describe responsibly giving the gift of a pet. And then we can go on for what to consider if you're going to adopt. And what did you have to say? I was just going to say how like, that's really important. I think people are going to think that's kind of corny, but like, in my family and upbringing and now I think it's really important for whoever has like, cause we always like assigned a person to the pet. Like we got Wally mm -hmm. in 2003 and it, we had been begging for a dog and cause Faith was, she got it for her 12th birthday. So I was 11. Gracie was eight and no, she was seven. So, you know, we were all a little bit older. So I think my parents waited until we were, old enough to like understand responsibility and stuff. So they were like, we're going to go pick out a dog for you. Like they put in a birthday card, like Chris did for you. And then we went to Ohio and there was a whole litter there. And what happened was faith got to pick out the one that she connected with the most. And what happened was mm -hmm. Wally was like this big, he's very tiny. And she picked him up and he just like glommed on her shoulder oh. and was like, please take me home. And she started crying, of course. And they were like, okay. And then the same thing happened with my, with me and Toph because it was the, th it was March 12th. So it was Thursday and we had just been gotten sent home for quarantine and Griffin was going to ship out to a boat soon. And I was like, it's winter. My seasonal depression's really bad. I'm not going to be okay while you're gone. We need to get a cat. And he was like, well, I wanted to wait to get you on as like a wedding present. Cause that's what the Vikings did. They would give their wife a, a kitten or whatever and like, that's really nice i need one right now so we went you could still do that that's what i said so we went or he could always give you a stuffed cat or something you know but so we went on friday the 13th to go pick out a cat and they didn't have any kittens and i was like well i think for our first pet we should get like an adult or whatever and i have this video where i'm look i'm looking for a black cat and the only one there is like this ginormous 
black boy cat who was really skittish around us and didn't like being picked up and all this other stuff. And we couldn't get top. Her name was Hazel at the time. We couldn't get her out of the cage because she hadn't had all her vaccines yet. But mm-hmm. I just had my finger in the cage and she kept doing the thing where she's like rubbing her mouth on it. And she was so Yay. cute and tiny. And I don't know what happened, but I was like, this is my cat. Cats have little scent glands there. I think she's putting her scent And I was on like, you. this is my cat. Like, I don't, I don't know what's yeah. going on. That's what she was saying. She was like, this is my I was like, this is my cat. She's right here. So we had to wait a couple of days together. And that didn't really happen with Luna, but it also happened with Millie and my parents because so mm-hmm. Christmas 2018, I guess my dad was like, we can get a dog because Wally died in 2017. So we'd been waiting for a while before we could get another one. And so we kept going to the shelters and everybody, my dad kept being like, no, no, not this one. No, I don't like this one. And my mom, it was like August when they picked her out. So it would have been a long time to get a Christmas present. Mm -hmm. And they went to one shelter to look at another dog. And I guess Gracie went somewhere else and she was like, mom, you need to come see this dog. She was like, okay. And then my dad came over and was like, you need to come meet this dog. And she was like, okay. And then a shelter worker came over and was like, you need to come meet this dog. So they went and met Millie. And my mom was like, oh, this is my dog. So that's how they got Millie. Aww. She had been returned to the shelter twice. I think she was like on oh. death row or something. Like she was like getting ready to like be sent away. Is it because she's so like energetic and like has the very enthusiastic yeah. Yeah. personality there? My parents dog, that's- Millie is a mutt. She's very medium sized, but she's very strong and she's very excited and she has a lot of separation anxiety. But I think it's good that they have that dog mm-hmm. now and not when they had kids. Because they only have Gracie in the yeah. house now who's like an adult and doing her own thing. So like it's a, my mom. Millie's the new favorite. Gracie's a middle child with me now. So but I think if you but if you have <laughs> that connection, you're more likely to be interested in taking care of that pet, which is what I was getting at. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes total sense. Like if you, yeah, if you go to the, to a shelter and you find a dog who's paying attention to you and you're paying attention and sometimes you can't have that connection, whatever it is. And that's, that's really, really important. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it doesn't have to happen, but it can help so much to kind of like yeah. get over that I mean, gap. And especially, especially if you, you and the animal, like you seem to actually feel like you're getting a connection to the animal too. Yeah. That can be nice on the way home, you know, right. you can comfort them. We didn't so. have that with Luna, but it ended up working out okay. We just knew we wanted another cat and there was like a pretty much all black cat <laughs> that was a kitten. So we decided to go for it. But she was really scared too. Like we didn't yeah. get to like hold her or anything. We were just like, I guess we'll take this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, but she's good now. She's a little baby. Sorry, I didn't mean to monopolize that much of time talking about all the pets and the connections we have with them. It's nice, actually, because uh, so what we should do is we should uh, should, if you send me all of your uh, like a picture of each of the pets like that your family has adopted that you've had over the years, we could do like a whole like Instagram post. It's like, here are all the pets we've adopted. (laughs) So that might be kind of cool. I don't think I have any of Stan because it was... Okay. He died when what year was it? It was like two thousand three or four. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But anyway, what are more facts or whatever you were gonna say? Okay, so the next thing that I wanted to talk about was what to consider before adopting. Uh, and we've, 
as we said before, we're going to be talking a little more about dogs now, just because uh, dogs tend to have a little bit more variety as to their energy levels and the issues that can come up with dogs. Um, I don't know if their personalities vary as much. I don't think I'm going to go that far, but they definitely do have some more issues that aren't necessary to consider because they, like, for example, a lot of things that people don't think about for dogs is like, okay, so what do you need when you adopt a dog? And you think, okay, well, you know, food, food dish, collar, bowl, dog bed. Like there's a lot more stuff than that that comes up that people don't tend to realize. Um, like, you know, you need to make sure that you get the dog microchipped usually, especially if you're in a city, uh, like you need to get the tags and stuff. You need to, uh, you need to start them up at a vet. Um, sometimes you want to get pet insurance. Um, you can get pet insurance for any kind of pet, uh, dogs. Um, it's usually recommended to get insurance, especially if you're getting purebreds. And I'll talk a little bit about purebreds a little bit later, but yes, there's all kinds of vet visits, shots, that kind of stuff that people kind of don't think about, um, as well as just, you know, that you're going to need more toys than you think you're going to need because they're going to destroy them. Like that kind of stuff happens. Or if they don't have toys, they're going to destroy your stuff. So you don't have the option to not give them toys. You have to either like buy them or you have to make them toys or whatever it is. So there are just some costs as far as like the supplies to have a dog and to maintain a dog that a lot of people don't really think about uh and they can add up so you should really go into it with your eyes open look at like what particular dog breeds you have breed you're looking into see if they have issues um particularly particularly if you're looking at a purebred and and again i'll talk more about pure, purebreds later um because <laughs> they have like a little bit of a diatribe but uh but yeah so anyway so there's all those costs um then there's also the cost of grooming which is something that people super don't think about because i think that our idea of grooming dogs is a hose out in the backyard like i honestly think that that's what most people think that grooming dogs is no. and it's really not uh, and it's it's not very good for them. I mean, like dogs just like us, you know, would, would like to not be necessarily sprayed with super cold water. <laughs> so just for like the love of the dog, maybe don't do that. Um, there are places you can go where you can uh, groom your dog yourself for a small cost. But a lot of people, especially, uh, especially who are getting dogs that are like the more specialty breeds and whatever like that uh, tend to go to groomers. Uh, and it's not, <laughs> it's not the same as going to a groomer as a human, you know, you can go get a wash and a blow dry for not that much usually, unless you're going to a super fancy place. But if you're taking your dog for a wash and a blow dry, that's a different situation because, you know, if you go to a hairdresser and they're telling you to sit still and you won't, well, then they kick you out. Uh, but if you take your dog somewhere, like they, it's their job to make sure the dog stays still. So you're not only paying for the service, you're also paying for the people who might get bit, they might get scratched, they, you know, et cetera, who are, you know, putting themselves in the situation of having to restrain like a wet, slippery, sudsy dog. Yeah. Um, so, so really like think about that and then also think about the fact that, uh, a lot of dogs, particularly the more popular breeds of dogs require more specialized grooming. Um, so you're going to have to take them to a reputable place unless you want your dog to like look stupid or like be unhealthy. Yeah. Um, when I say look stupid, I mean like, you know, if they like shave everything off when you're like, give my dog 
a haircut. Um, <laughs> you know, you can make golden doodles look pretty damn ridiculous if you give them a bad haircut. Um, so, uh, so I did work at a dog and daycare before and we saw people who went to good groomers and people who didn't go to good groomers and people who didn't go to groomers enough. And yeah. uh, there's, there's issues that come from that. Um, you have to groom your dog. So if you have a long haired dog, um, it's not just that their hair doesn't stay nice and long and silky. You have to brush them a lot. If you're not going to brush them a lot, you have to make sure that they're regularly groomed. Um, and also there's other things like, um, like clipping their toenails, taking care of their feet, the pads on their feet can crack and that kind of stuff. Um, and they might have to have that taken care of. Um, and honestly, getting your dog groomed is a really good way for them to get a once over and see like, okay, what's wrong? Because a good groomer will tell you if your dog it has an issue that you might not have seen and has to go to the vet, which especially for a really big dog can be a good thing. So like we have a friend that has two newfies. Um, he, he takes, you know, he definitely pays a lot of attention to them and he knows what's going on with them at all times. But if there was something he missed, like, I'm sure it's really nice for him to know like, Oh yeah, if I like, you know, next time I take the dog to the groomers, like if there's some kind of weird skin condition that Bruins developed, they'll tell him and let him know. Um, so there's, there's multiple reasons to want to go get your dog groomed, but people don't tend to take that money into account when they're thinking about the cost they're going to have. So even responsible people who are thinking about a budget will then have a dog and realize, oh crap, this is more money than I thought it was gonna be. Right. So so let's, um, I just wanna look at like a couple of prices that I have written down just to give people an idea. Um, so PetSmart, uh, which is where I went for this because PetSmart's pretty much all over the country. Uh, they, they do have cat grooming services, <laughs> which are cheaper than dog grooming services, ah. but they're basically like, the small dog prices so it's not it's not nothing but it's not like as expensive as uh different ones um so i searched a couple different breeds uh just because you couldn't look like at a low to high or anything because whatever but like i searched different breeds which you can do there you can go and say like okay i have an italian greyhound yeah and the italian greyhound is older than six months and so it'll, it's going to cost between 20 and 45 dollars depending on what you need to get so if, if the dog needs grooming other than just a bath and a brush which an italian greyhound probably wouldn't um the, then it would be more than that 20 dollars. but that's like a short-haired dog pretty small dog um so you know that's the thing we're like okay that's not too bad and that's also a dog you could probably bathe yourself but then you take someone like someone that take a dog like uh, a golden doodle which is it's an example i want to use um, because labradoodles and particularly golden doodles i've noticed have been really really popular in recent years um so much so actually that the guy who invented the breed wished he hadn't because so many of them have been inbred <laughs> um, oh but the reason they're so popular is because they're hypoallergenic but yeah no the guy and I'll, I'll look this up because i can't remember his name um it's just a fun factoid but yeah he's like yeah i really wish i hadn't because i was trying to make a dog that was hypoallergenic for people who need it and now it just created a trend yeah. and so people are breeding um that yeah they're, they're breeding irresponsibly um and it's just it's creating um a real demand for a certain type of dog and then other dogs don't get adopted and it's just it's not very good stuff it's weird that there's <laughs> so, like trendy breeds you know what i mean like for a yeah. while it was porgies and yeah. now it's uh golden doodles but i feel like a really good thing is pit bulls are getting a lot more attention in a positive yeah. light instead of the negative light that they've been perpetuated as having yeah and let's okay so just to finish up those numbers the golden um 
because I do want to talk about the breeds. Um, Golden Doodles, um, when I looked up on Petco, $47 for just a basic bath, $76 for the the bath and groom and haircut, which they probably need like monthly or maybe every couple months, depending on how well you're keeping them in between. So like, that's something to think about. It's not nothing. Um, Golden Retriever, um, $40 to $69. So like, like it, it is a cost that is worth considering <laughs> because I think people assume that the grooming is going to be cheap for some reason, just cause it's like washing a dog, but it's not just washing a dog. Like there's also things like, um, like they're, they have these anal glands that need to be express. drained, yep. which is pretty expressed. Yeah. Express is what they say. Um, yeah. Anal gland expression, which, uh, was also known as just like butt juice. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the place that I worked at but yeah so there's there's a lot of stuff you have to get done and it's really something you're you're gonna be okay I'm gonna say this is gonna be kind of mean but if if you're not looking into that kind of stuff you're not responsibly uh thinking about the situation it's like so getting groomed is like getting a haircut a checkup and a shower all in once for the dog so like if you add all those costs together for a human that's a lot of money (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of costs. And also like, if if people had to like, you know, like, like if, if one or two people had to every time you got your hair washed, they had to like sit you down, make sure you held still, make sure you aren't scared, you know, make, make sure that everything's fine and that you're not in pain because you can't tell them. Like if all that was required, our, our haircuts and shampoos would be a lot more expensive. Um, so you can understand why. It costs that much for a dog. I think you can also tell how much you and I spend getting our hair professionally done because we're like, I wouldn't spend that much. And I'm sure there's some people listening who are like, no, that's normal for humans. I literally haven't had a haircut at a salon since last Thanksgiving, like 2019 Thanksgiving. My mom's giving me two trims because I'm afraid of COVID. Yeah. I I mean, right now I'm the hairdresser in our house and I've been cutting my hair for a long time and I'll get maybe one or two professional cuts a year, but I'll, and usually it's, usually it was like when you were around and you're like, do you want to get a trim? And I was like, sure. Yeah. But I I usually cut my own hair. I've been cutting Chris's hair now, but, but yeah, so, so like, I guess neither of us are super into going to the hair salon. Um, so this might sound like normal prices to you, but to us, they don't sound like and I, I love getting my nails done too. That was the thing you and I used to do all the time. And I haven't yeah. because first off, there's no beating the prices that we used to get at our old place. And also it, I don't feel safe <laughs> getting it done true. right now. And we would get discounts if, if someone oh. came in and caused a scene. And they were great <laughs> manicures. Amazing. We got them for like 15 bucks. We got gel manicures for $15. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But we digress. <laughs> anyway. Um, I mean, hey, some places will paint your dog's nails too. So that's nice. Yeah, add that into the Some places the do that extra. You add that into yeah. the grooming if you add like shower, checkup, <laughs> uh, manicure, manicure and a haircut all in yeah. one. That's what that's what it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. See, if you really think about it like that, it's a bargain. Like, especially for like a new fee, like right. to get, you know, nails trimmed, brush all that fur, etc. So so the grooming needs to happen and no, they're not gouging you on it, I guess is what I'm saying. No, they're not gouging it. Not if it's, you know, yeah. basic normal prices. If it's somewhere that's charging you hundreds of dollars, then yeah, sure. But generally dog groomers, like they're charging reasonable prices, they're not making bank off of you. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so there's that. Um, and then, so, so those are things to consider. Other things to consider are, uh, like 
certain certain breeds do have just different temperaments, um, and and certain breeds um, have higher levels of exercise that they need or activity. Other ones have lower ones. It's you really need to research the breed of dog. And so if you're going to a shelter to adopt, you probably want to have in mind, okay, well, what dog breeds are good for me, which might require you doing some research for it. Um, but that will help you find a dog that is more suited to your life. Um, but, but on that, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about, um, the bad rap pit bulls get. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they, they do get a bad rap. Um, pit bulls do. And I, I'm, I'm of two minds on this. Um, because the the animal lover in me wants to be like none of it's true this is all bullshit everyone go get a pit bull it's totally fine um the other side of me knows that there is there is enough evidence to suggest that people need to be a little a little more careful necessarily sometimes like with their treatment of specific dog breeds yeah. um and pit bulls from what I understand, and I am not an expert in this field, um, but what I have heard from an expert in this field um, is that um, is that dogs, or sorry, is that pit bulls are very protective, mm. and that if they feel like um, they're like they're very protective, and I think like fairly reactive to a situation, um, maybe react a little more quickly than other breeds do, and they if they feel like they're being threatened, or if they feel like their owner is being threatened then they will react and they have the power to cause a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, and so that, that does happen. Um, I, I don't have statistics in front of me for like, like what's happening when people are getting attacked by pit bulls. Like if, if they're inciting this attack or like what, what's happened. Um, but I can definitely look that up and link something up. It does seem like pit bulls have a worse reputation than they should. Yeah. And that they have a reputation for being more dangerous than they really are because it's been so publicized whenever pit bulls attack people. And also because a bunch of pit bulls have been used in dog fighting rings. Right. You don't, um, the dog doesn't get to choose the life it's going to have based on yeah. humans. So the fact that humans kept picking pit bulls because of how strong they are and how aggressive they yeah. can be, that's conditioning. That's not the dog maybe per se, mm -hmm. but the same can be said of people. Like mm -hmm. there's people who are extremely protective and become aggressive and have the power to do all those things you were talking about. But like dogs can't go to therapy, but they can be in a good home. Yeah. Better for everybody. I have an anecdotal story. And, and they this. can be healed. Yeah. Like, like, uh, you know, animals can be em emotionally injured and, and healed. And, and with, and when we, when we talk about certain breeds of dogs being dangerous and, you know, just comparing like dogs to humans, like why can we say that, okay, this breed is more dangerous or it's more protective or more likely to attack? Well, some of that is built in because we built it in. Uh, we put it because, because it's selective breeding, like you're breeding in certain traits. And if, if we're breeding pit bulls to be protective guard dog, um, kind of, uh, kind of things, then that's going to mean that the breed, <laughs> the, the traits of the breed are going to sort of narrow into what you're selecting. Right. And so if you're selecting, I want this trait, then you're going to have that trait. And so that's why you have like, 
like take an Australian cattle dog that hasn't had to herd anything a day in its life and, you know, lives in a family with, you know, two kids, et cetera, like normal thing, American home, it's still going to try to herd everyone right. because that's what they do. They need a job. Like yeah. we bred these animals to have a job. And so it's, there's something built in that's ingrained that says, no, I, I need to, yeah. I, I need to control this situation. Um, and, and it is very, it, it's a very stark difference. You can see if you see a whole bunch of dogs in one big group, there are the trends. Like I didn't notice. And I, again, I only worked in that field for a short period of time. Uh, but, but it is something that I noticed because you can't help but notice it. You look around and say like, oh, okay, all of the golden retrievers are doing like one of four different things right now. And they're basically like the same level of energy, yeah. you know, and then these, the mastiffs are napping in the other place and that, you know, and so you can kind of look and see, okay, this is what's going on here. This is what's going on here. Yeah. This is what um, this dog does. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, and of course there are absolutely dogs that completely buck right. that system. Like there, there was like an Aussie there, I think that was way more chill than I expected, but like, that's kind of an outlier. Generally, like you yeah. can't, dogs do have their own personalities, but you can find those trends. And unfortunately some of those trends are exploited and then you end up with bad reputation. Moving on from there, I did want to say, a word about purebreds because I worked with a lot of purebreds when I was working with dogs and not, not to denigrate people who like certain breeds of dogs or people who show dogs uh, or that kind of thing. But there are a lot of dogs in shelters and people continue to go get purebred dogs. And it's very confusing to me because my experience uh, with purebred dogs tends to be that they're not as adaptable, it seems. Like they're not, it's not that they're not necessarily as smart, it's just that they can't, they tend to be higher strung, can't deal with situations as well. And I've also seen dogs who were definitely not bred responsibly. Yeah. So you have, like, it's honestly, the reason that I have a hard time with purebreds is because I know that there are so many breeders out there who don't um, adhere to just basic scientific rules that you should when you're dealing with breeding dogs. Um, inbreeding can cause, it, it can and has caused a lot of issues with purebred dogs already yeah. um and we know enough about it now that we know that we shouldn't be doing it but it can cause health issues it can cause just super low iqs it can leave you with a dog that's untrainable yeah. because there's just something going on where it's not processing the same way it's really just not good for anyone so i my, my suggestion and i want to say because i know there are going to be some people um who who maybe will listen to this who are going to think, well, but I just, I've always had German Shepherds. I love German Shepherds. I want a German Shepherd and I can't find one for, like as a rescue. So what do you expect me to do? Well, in that situation, if you're going to buy a purebred German Shepherd, that's pretty expensive. Yeah. So what I would say is if you have that expendable money to buy yourself a purebred German Shepherd from a responsible breeder, I would say wait until you have 20% more than that and donate that 20% to a shelter. 
Um, I think that's how a good way that you can balance that out because I don't want to say like, because obviously I'll always say adopt, don't shop, but I don't want to say that and then just leave it at that and then think that people who are going to breeders are going to say, oh, okay, well, I guess that you just hate me. I don't hate you. I understand what you're saying. I understand that you like a certain breed of dog, but if you're willing to put down that chunk of change, please give some to the dogs who aren't getting home. Well, all on that token, so. if you have the extra money, Look all around the country. Go on a road trip. That's true. Find like yeah. a mutt German Shepherd well, mix. Now maybe. Yeah. yeah. If you have that expendable money for a purebred German Shepherd, mm -hmm. you can probably find one that's within driving range yeah. for you to arrange to go pick it up. Because then, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of fulfilling both things. I know it's hard, like especially with COVID and like taking time off of work and all that stuff. But if it's something like you really care about and something you really want, like yeah. go for it. Why? Yeah, yeah. If it's so important to you that that happens, make sure you find a reputable a reputable breeder so that you're not encouraging um, breeders who are engaging in bad practices. You know, like breeding brother and sister dogs and that kind of stuff. Just like because it's not it's not going to result in healthy dogs, and we have to take away those people's. Um, belief that they're going to make money because right now they are making money and that's that's just going to continue the sort of inbreeding with dogs and yeah anyway anyway so if, if you have if you have the resources to get the purebred and you're set on getting the purebred then go ahead and do that and please donate money to a shelter yeah. because they that money will go very far towards helping a lot of other animals and it can offset any guilt that you may now feel about shopping instead of adopting so you know. Inbreeding is why pugs can't breathe, and it's why German Shepherds have bad hips. Like that's that's yeah. all that comes from. Like it, there's a um, a set of pictures that I saw online where it shows like what the original breed looks like and what we've made them look like now. Like a pug used to look a lot more like a dog than like a squished pig looking thing. I love pugs; they are very ugly, <laughs> and they have so many health problems. I feel bad for them. <laughs> So, yeah. And there's, I mean, there, yeah, there's all kinds of dogs that have health problems for various reasons, but, and, and that happens with cats too, actually. Yeah. We had, um, we had cats on one of the boats that I worked on, oh, maybe about 10 years ago. And, uh, one of them was a runt of a litter of mutts. So she just was a little gray cat, had some brown spots, you know, <laughs> just this little cat. Uh, but she outlived the other cat who was a purebred Russian blue mm. um, because he had issues with his uh, urinary tract, which is apparently a problem with that breed of cat. And it comes from inbreeding. Yeah. Interesting. He was also dumb as a rock. <laughs> um, sweet, sweet boy, but dumb as a can rock, we, definitely. He, yeah. Can we circle back to pities for one more second? Absolutely. I love them. Griffin and I, okay, two, two things. Griffin and I, when we were camping out in San Francisco, we saw that you aren't allowed to bring pit bulls and Rottweilers on the site. And those are the two breeds of dogs that we want. <laughs> we want big. Oh, I love them. I know. I want, well, because I was also thinking like as a lady, I would rather have a pit bull or a Rottweiler if somebody breaks in. I know that like sounds terrible, but I want them to be scared of my well, dog. I mean, but in that way, I think that you're sort of manipulating the stereotype to be in your benefit, but it's also in the dog's benefit because you guys are going to be responsible dog owners and you're going to love the hell out of the I'm dog. Not, so as I'm long as the dog is in make it scary. a reasonable situation, right. I'm yeah, not going to make the it dog a, be scared. Yeah. 
but, but the dog would be scary to the person coming in if they they just see a pit bull or a Rottweiler. But going along with yeah. that, so Millie comes up to about my knee, right? You would say, and I'm about five six. She's very medium sized. She looks like a teacup Great Dane. She's like very jacked. She's very strong. And so my sister was out on a walk with her. We're pretty sure she's part pity. She looks pretty pity like she does and pretty pity pretty pity and my mom buys her these dumb like vests that she has to wear whenever it's too cold because she's got like that really short hair and she was walking grace is about five feet tall and so her and millie are pretty close in size but her and grace are like bffs so two great danes charge them and we're going to attack them. And Millie fucked them up. <laughs> like, and her coat <laughs> saved her life because her coat was completely decimated. And the, she took on two Great Danes and one. Like, nobody's got like. And they're like, like Great Danes are. Big. They were really big Great Danes too. And like, the owner kind of apologized, but not really. But like, Gracie was really upset about it. But I think that you talking about them being protective, like, she was protecting Grace for sure. She didn't mm-hmm. care. That these two huge dogs were coming after her. She was like, that's my girl and I'm protecting her now. But uh, she said it was definitely really scary to see Millie look like that. And like to do oh, yeah. that, the pit bull thing that we hadn't seen yet. Um, but yeah. Just, yeah. And just, just to kind of build on that, I think that... That that part of the the issue with the reputation with pit bulls, and th- and this is kind of, this is coming from someone else who was telling me, so I'll look for some more substantiation. Um, but that that their sort of protectiveness can backfire on their owners if there's a family situation and there's kids, because um, the if they feel like the parent is threatening the kid, uh, then then the pit bull will then maybe attack the parent and so then it's a case of like okay you're attacking the owner but there was a reason and so what happened there like was that the dog or was that the situation and so i'm yeah i I do wonder how much of the reputation has come from actual things that happened and um how much of it is just because of like a one anecdote yeah um and then a bunch of people got upset and freaked out because i i uh, the more research i do into things the more i learn that people believe things are fact based on like hearing one thing and then they never research it and then it just becomes common knowledge for everyone. That is just I think the crux of this entire podcast where it's like if you just look yeah. a little bit harder than trusting what other people have said if you do your own homework instead of cheating off of other people <laughs> you're gonna come up with different answers and yeah. I think well, just have a more well-rounded opinion. Yeah. Yeah, really, like that that's the whole thing. But but yeah, okay, so so for for pet adoption, we've gone through a lot of the points I wanted to hit, but just just to sort of round us out here, I have a few resources that I want to talk about. Um so uh I do want to touch a little bit on so deciding whatever dog breed is right for you. Uh, there's a lot of sites that say like, oh, you could find out here. And so I went to some of those sites, but I went to three different sites and they all had wildly different recommendations. So my recommendation to you would be don't go to one of those sites to find out what kind of dog you want to get. I would say 
Um, if there's a certain breed of dog, you like look into that, see if that's a good fit. If it's not, look into more breeds, etc. Um, what I would suggest is to try to talk to like if you already have animals talk to a vet about it because like the your vet could tell you like oh these kinds of dogs are probably going along better with whatever you have if it's a cat or a rabbit or whatever um and then if failing that uh i mean doing your own independent research is great also uh you can also compare and contrast i mean there's lots of sites that talk about different breeds of dogs um I think the dog breed selector things are too kind of random and they have too many variables. They all ask different questions. And so it seems like some of them are better than others, but then there's like some that asked questions I thought were really good. And then others asked other questions that were really good, but they didn't have the same ones. And so it's kind of hard to tell um, which one of those might be credible or not. So, so I would recommend do your own research, talk to a professional in that field, you can talk to a vet, you can talk to a dog trainer, um, you can, hey, you could go to a doggy daycare and be like, hey, I'm looking into get, getting a dog and I noticed you guys had really good ratings, so I'll probably end up taking my dog here. Do you have any recommendations of like what breed I should get? Like, they might be willing to talk to you about that. So yeah, just as with everything, do your own research. And, and then there's also, I'm sorry, did you want to say something? Before I was I just thinking about, move? we had this really big dog encyclopedia growing up where it like went through like every single breed and talked about like what they're like and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. as kids, you know, when you're doing like, you're hanging out with firefighters a lot. Like we would do fire safety where they come to the school and do like simulations and like, you know, little kids books talk about firefighting and Santa comes on the fire truck. They always had Dalmatians. So <laughs> as a kid, we were like, can we get a Dalmatian? And my parents were always like, no, they're not good with kids. And now I'm wondering like how accurate that is and why that's the case. And I should have looked it up before the podcast, but I'm just going to just real quick check the Google machine. Yeah. The first thing that came up when I said our Dalmatians was our, our Dalmatians mean. So let me see here. So some have filed, this is from, hmm, let me see here. Do, 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 do. Okay. Animals.howstuffworks.com. Um, are Dalmatians good family dogs? Uh, it looks like they're energetic, they're loyal, working dogs, good canine workers who have assisted man in a lot of ways over the centuries. Oh, uh, let me see here. Okay, potential problems, health problems, obesity, shedding, hyperactivity. Interesting. So it's not really saying that they're not good with kids. I, it seems like they need a lot of attention. Okay. Yeah. Is is what I'm getting from it. Um, is that they're very active and they need like a job to do, right. uh, which which might not be the best thing for kids. For kids, you might want to have a more laid back, like chill dog, just because, yeah. you know, because <laughs> if the kid can't keep up with ex exercising the dog, or if just no one has time, which as we saw was 10% of the relinquished dogs is because they didn't have time for the pet. Yeah. Um, then that can become an issue. But yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I think that a thing that I learned uh, working with dogs just for that short period of time that I did was that I didn't, I didn't have many preconceived notions about dogs, but I think most of them were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that I did have, uh, because I thought that I would be the most like weirded out working with the big dogs and that the smallest dogs would be easier. Turns out I hated working with the small dogs. Yeah. Uh, because it was just, it, I mean, 
Some of them were really great. A lot of them, I think, were not trained very well. And this is the thing I want to say. Even if you have a small dog, just because your animal is small enough, you can pick it up and put it in a bag and carry it wherever you need to go, doesn't mean you don't need to train your dog. That is still an animal that still can fuck some shit up. It still can bite people. It, you know, it can still scare other dogs, children, people, etc. Like, I, I remember there was a dog that was about the size of like a homemade loaf of bread, like not even a long store loaf, like a <laughs> that kind of, um, his name was Henry. Um, I'm sure he's a nice boy, but he was not nice to the other dogs. And he had major control issues, even though he was one of the smallest dogs in the you area. Have like to it socialize was socialize your dog. Exactly. And, and that is honestly, if anyone's listening has been like, why on earth is there a thing as dog, such a thing as doggy daycare? Um, it's because of socialization. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's because if you leave a dog home for many hours, some dogs are fine, but other dogs, not so. Um, and they, they definitely need other animals around or some kind of stimulation. Doggy daycare is really good for that. Um, so, so anyway, yeah, so I, so I didn't like working with the small dogs. Um, <laughs> that was always really hard. I really loved working with the big dogs. Um, I don't agree. Because I just, not, not always, not always. They, they took more, I think that they take a little more consistency because you can't count on yourself to be able to overpower them. Um, you want to be, you want to be consistent with any dog that you're yeah. training or dealing with, but I think that they take uh, maybe a little bit more like on the ball, um, instincts, although it's, I mean, all of them really do. Yeah. Um, I just, for whatever reason, I gelled more with, uh, the bigger dogs and they do get energetic, which can be really overwhelming, but generally I was fine with it because Honestly, I think because I was about the same size as some of them, <laughs> maybe they were like, oh, I guess that's just the alpha dog. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, the, the medium ones were okay, but the mediums was where we tended to have all of like the golden retrievers and, and all of the doodles of whatever variety, um, golden, labra, what have you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, those ones, and, and I have to wonder how much inbreeding was going on there because there were so many of them. And I know that some of them were inbred that I'm wondering if I wasn't annoyed with them because of them, but because they were. But because of their not chemistry. But, uh, but who knows? Anyway, but yeah, so if you have preconceived notions about certain breeds of dogs, you should really just look into it and see if that's right because it might just be based on like, you know, one dog that your dad knew when he was a kid. And so he thought that all dogs that were that breed were like that yeah. or whatever it is. Um, so, so definitely any, any notions you have about that or about any subject, you should kind of look into and make sure that they're founded. But this, yeah. this is for sure. Not the first podcast we're going to have about animals, pets, etc. For sure. Not because yeah. we could do one about zoos. <laughs> We could. Ooh, I get real depressed know, for that. I know. This one actually wasn't that depressing because I found out that my that my basic assumption um, was false and that it's more dogs getting adopted, not more dogs getting returned because they were gifts. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't mean that a lot of shelters aren't going to see a bunch of animals coming back this year, but yeah. hopefully, hopefully they can at least be happy in the knowledge that like it wasn't all the dogs that were like give it as gifts well this year but, might be no. an anomaly because everybody's at home so like yeah, they just might true. get returned next year or there's a lower rate because people Hopefully have to check don't. it out yeah. yeah 
Yeah, I, I'm wondering. I wonder if there will be a lower rate of of returns just because people have more time. Like, you know, people working from home have more time to walk dogs and stuff. Or they got but... them before Christmas. Like, they've been getting pets all year. I got, I got <laughs> two pets this just year. Just to <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway, so so that's that's kind of that in a nutshell. Um, I do have a couple things. Um, NPR has a good article that I am going to to put up that's specifically about adopting uh, dogs during a pandemic, <laughs> and it's about like it basically says, okay, let's stop. Look at this realistically. Why are you adopting this dog? Yeah. This is stuff you should know. So I think that's really really good, particularly for adults, because especially after listening to this podcast, I'm sure that you all will realize, okay, there's a lot going on when you're adopting a dog, right. but this is maybe some more stuff that you should look into as well. Uh, then I have, uh, Oh, hi, who is that? Did you hear I did. <laughs> yeah, that's my little baby Selkie. Yeah. I think she's going to jump on my lap, but, uh, and then I'm also going to put up, uh, there's an article on PETA.com which, and I know PETA gets a lot of hate, uh, but they actually do have some really good resources. Um, I don't support them when they are, uh, you know, showing horrible pictures of slaughterhouses to people and just throwing them in their faces. I think that's not a good thing to do. And I don't like that, but they do things like they have a kid's magazine. They have a kid's uh, like PETAkids.com. It's a whole uh, website for kids about, animals and things like that. Uh, they have a, an article I'm gonna post called 16 things to think about before adopting a dog. Um, and it goes through just all of these uh, reasonable concerns that parents would have that kids wouldn't necessarily think about. And I think that's a cool thing because it kind of, it, it puts the kids in a little bit more of a place of responsibility mm -hmm. and it shows them, okay, well, these are all the things you need to think about. Like you need to be aware that dogs cost more money. And so if your parents are saying no, maybe there's just not the money for it, you know, that kind of stuff. And it talks about like how much care you have to take of dogs and all these things. So I think that it's definitely a good sort of checklist to have a kid read and to talk about with them if you're thinking about getting a dog. And so that's there for just talk to your either kids who want to convince their parents to get dogs or for parents who want to tell their kids okay, these are all the things you need to know and then we're going to talk about them. So I, I put, I'm going to put them up on the website. And yeah. I feel kind of shitty saying this as somebody who doesn't have kids and who has never been a parent, but just, just talk to your kids about the stuff. Just be transparent as much as you can. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and, and also the reason I wanted to put that up there and say this resource is specifically meant for kids is because I think a lot of... A lot of parents, and I'm sure it's really easy to do this, um, lean on the like, well, no, because I know more things about this than you. So I need you to trust me on this, right. you know, which, which is a reasonable thing for a parent to do. Um, but at the same time, then the kid doesn't have any understanding of why this thing they want isn't happening. And so if like, if you've decided not to adopt a dog and you want to give the kid like, here, here's someone else saying this thing that I am yeah. <laughs> trying to impart to you, then it'll be good to hit for you to have that um, as a backup. And also just to have a jumping off point. Like as a parent, you can always pretend like, oh, I don't really know what's involved in having a dog. Why don't we look it up? And then go like the kids, the P to kids page and like, look at that so that the kid can really understand what's going on. Right. Um, and it's not just saying no, because yeah. no, it's like, no, yeah. because this, that, and the other thing. Exactly. And, and Hey man, 
if it's a no, it's a no. Like, I'm not saying parents shouldn't say no to their kids. Right. Absolutely. But if you're saying no, explain why. Right. Um, and and I know that there's parents out there who are like, well, it's not going to stop them from asking. And that's true, probably. We but, don't know your kids. We don't yeah. know your situation. We're just saying yeah. it's good to talk <laughs> to your kids about the stuff. But we, neither of us are parents. Yeah. So, like, you can completely yeah. disregard okay. everything we're saying. Yeah. So check back with us in 10 years and maybe we'll say different. Maybe. But anyway, probably not. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so talk to your kids about when, yeah, if you're thinking about getting a pet, if they want to talk to them about all of the issues involved and make them understand that it's a big, it's a big responsibility. Yeah. It's also a really awesome thing to have a pet, but it's a big responsibility. It is. So yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. I think that's, all that I got there for now. <laughs> oh, I, I also have um, I also have a, a an article from Triagra.com, and I put that up. Uh, it, it kind of replicates some of the other information that's going to be up there, but I put it up there primarily because of all of the hate this person got in the comments of this article that was really informative and gave really good points. But there are a lot of people at the end saying like, "Oh, well, if you're just going to resent all this, then you should never have had a dog." And we're like, no, 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 that's not what's being said. What's being said is I wish I had known this yeah. because it was more expensive and now I don't have as much time as I thought I would, et cetera, et cetera. I'm trying to impart no, my wisdom on you. Article and, people, and people who like basically, you know, enjoy doing all of that stuff were like, why is this an issue for you? Right. But anyway, but definitely read that because there's good things to know. And there's always going to be some issues that you didn't realize were going to be an issue. You know, like, did you know that anal glands had to be expressed? <laughs> yeah. You know, do you want to do that? No. Well, then you factor that cost in <laughs> when you get a dog. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Well, I'm Rosie and facts matter. I'm hope and cats, pities and Roddy's matter. <laughs> <laughs>